0: So uh, a lot of questions were submitted and we had to break everything up into a category or into categories. Um, there are these dominant themes that popped out and so we we broke it down into categories. Um, another thing is each experience we're going to have a different set of questions mm-hmm. we're answering. Yeah. So um i'd encourage you if you want to stay put for all three experiences you're more than welcome to be here because we're going to be talking about a lot of stuff today yeah and um it's it's just going to be it's going to be phenomenal so um the kids team is ready to host you and all that good stuff it's going to be great and so we're going to have some rapid fire questions um three each per experience and we have three to four um main questions we're going to answer um, each service, each experience, we have a hot topic question, hot topic, something going on right now currently that people want to discuss and talk about, right. those hot topic questions are going to take some time to work through. So you may feel like, man, that one question dominated everything. Um, it probably will, right. but I, I think it's necessary that we, we dive a little bit deeper into some topics. I think uh, you're going to get some clarity, but I also think that we're going to equip you to have the conversation. If you're a follower of Christ, you ought to be carrying the baton into society and bringing people clarity on certain matters. And so um, I I can't wait to to get into this. Yeah.
1: Yeah. We're excited for Q&A. Y'all excited? Yeah. What I will say is. Note takers are history makers, yes. right? So you want to get your notes out and your pencils and make sure that you're jotting down as much as you can. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am I'm I've I've been excited for QA and all the <laughs> questions that have been coming in, they've been so good. Yeah. But I'm also excited to get my husband back because <laughs> he has been like in the I mean in you books. you have been in the books all yeah. week. So it's yeah. all good. I've been holding it down at home. <laughs> but all I'm saying is y'all yeah, have had has. him Studying his butt off. It's good though, right? It's good. Because here's the thing. We get these questions and we know like off the top biblically, like we know. However, we want to be able to resource you right correctly with the word. So that way you're able to have those conversations day to day with your coworkers, with family, with friends. And so, yeah, baby, I'm ready to have you back.
0: Let's do it. I'm ready to get into it. Handle some business.
1: Yes. So I'm actually going to be taking notes too while I'm up here. So it's... so I'm, I'm ready, Good. but I do have some rapid fire questions yep. first. Let's so go. we're going to start here with some rapid fire. Y'all ready to go? Let's go. Y'all ready? Yeah. All ready? All right, go All right let's All right. go. So here we go. So who decided the content of the Bible? Was there a group of leaders? If so, who were they?
0: Um, God decided the content of the Bible. Yes, he did. Um, I would encourage you to look up the Council of Hippo. And the council, see, I'm talking knowledge, y'all ain't taking notes. Taking notes. The Take council notes. of Hippo and the council of Carthage. Yeah. Um, God's hand was in that. Um, and so, yeah. Yeah, that's it all goes I back to there. Hebrews
1: 11, right? We're walking by faith. Yeah. All right. It's purgatory biblical.
0: Purgatory is not biblical. It is a human construct yeah. uh, created by the Catholic Church in the medieval times. Um, you had to pay penance. Uh, in order to uh, try to get your yourself uh, to shorten your time in purgatory. And you may or may not end up in heaven or hell. So you had to pay a lot of money to pay down your sin debt right. before you died. And if you ended up in purgatory, hopefully it just shortened your time in purgatory and right. you could go to heaven. So um, it was not in the canon. Um, it was denied. It was considered... Uh, spurious and crazy. So it was rejected and it is not in your Bible. So yeah. it's not biblical.
1: And we got to go back to the red letters of Jesus. y'all. Yes. Um, if it was real, like he, he would have
0: spoke about he it. He would have spoke about Christ it. Christ never spoke about, it. about he purgatory. He did
1: We move on. All right. Where did the idea of the Pope come from?
0: Uh, I encourage you to look up Papal Selection. P-A-P-A-L Selection. Um, you can kind of go back to Ignatius, um, not Athanasius. We're going to answer about him in another experience, but Ignatius, a lot of people believe that he was a disciple of John. Uh, he had the belief that one person should lead the church and under this one head pastor or head shepherd under Christ, Christ lead shepherd. There should be elders, bishops, um, so on and so forth. So, It kind of originated with Ignatius, and um, some people believe he was a disciple of John, who was an original disciple of Christ. And so the idea of Pope, or main bishop, came kind of from that first century church. And uh, then look up papal selection. You'll get that from there.
1: There you go. Awesome. So we're going to get into, like, the meat of the content here. But um, this was a great question. And when it came in, I was like, ooh, yeah, baby, let's get Mm -hmm. here. Let's go here.
0: But before we do get into the questions... yes this is where we're really going to lean in today. Um, I do need to clarify. I want today to be, um, encouraging. Um, it's going to be full of grace, but full of truth. Yeah. A lot of truth today. Um, but most importantly, it's going to be biblical. Someone say biblical. Biblical. And when I say that, I mean this, it's when we say biblical, is simply what God thinks and what he has spoken on the matter. What God thinks, And what God has spoken on the matter. So this is not my opinion. This is not Pastor Kyra's opinion. This is the word of God. We've been learning that this is the word of God over the past two weeks. And so we will add some commentary, but we won't go far outside of what the Lord has spoken. Right. And so as I tell my kids, because we've been reading Proverbs a lot, and your last two Proverbs have had to do a lot with how uh, discipline Right, uh, one proverb you read recently yeah. was that um, foolishness is bound up in the hearts of children. Yeah, and God says that the rod of discipline right. drives it out of them. And so, in our in our house, you get a whooping.
1: It's, it's a spatula. No, Jay. <laughs> yeah.
0: You get a whooping. And culture, some people say that's abuse. No, no, God God says it will drive that foolishness far away from her. So okay, this is gonna be a tough Sunday. All right. I'm just saying tough problem,
1: tough problem. I'm just amplifying. Y'all, here? Y'all good? All right. Y'all
0: all right. good? All right. So here we go. I'm just ampli- I'm just the amplifier. Okay. Oh
1: cool. man, so it's good. I mean again, it's what the Lord says. Yes. Right? It's not our opinion. And
0: so when a lot of people ask what does highlight believe we're going to, about that, Right. you're going to hear it today, okay? Right, right, All right, right. Awesome. All right, let's Go. get into it.
1: All right. So when dealing with trauma within a family, how do you establish a healthy relationship or healthy boundaries?
0: Um, and everything will be preceded by scripture. So uh, we'll just take the principle away from this. Uh, Jesus said this in Matthew 18, says this, if another believer sins, so we know that we are part of families. Uh, everyone's not a follower of Christ, but the principle still is right, true. Right, right. If another believer offends you or sins against you, go privately and point out the offense. If the other person listens and confesses it, you have won that person back. But if you are unsuccessful, take one or two others with you and go back again so right. that everything you say may be confirmed by two or three witnesses, all right? These are the words of Christ. If the person still refuses to listen, take your case to the church. Then if he or she won't accept the church's decision, treat that person like a pagan, as a pagan or a corrupt tax collector. So just, you need to create some distance. Yeah, You know, they need to be out of your life is what Jesus is saying. All right, and so a few things, um, healthy relationship or healthy boundaries, As it concerns trauma just some thoughts um number one if you're taking notes confront the individual so you got to talk to the person who hurt you you have to be honest about what happened how it made you feel so that dad who was never there or uh, that sibling who crossed you or that aunt or that uncle or that mother or that father you have to have heart to heart talks with the closest people in your life if not, it's just going to continue to get, you know, the tension is just going to rise until one day you guys are going to end up saying things that you really don't mean, right. but you're just going to implode. So Jesus said, you got to confront them, right? He says, go privately and point out the offense. These are the words of Christ, right? Number two, the second thing is, if that doesn't get through, gather a few healthy people. Number two, the next time you talk to the individuals, take two or three Healthy individuals,
1: right?
0: Uh, that this person knows and is aware of. Don't just bring some strangers to it. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like who, who is this? But like Jesus is saying, bring the church. Right, right? If, right. If there's someone within the church, bring church family along and talk about the matter, settle the matter.
1: I love how okay? you said healthy,
0: healthy people, not yeah. not gossips, not people who are biased towards you, but they're just there to balance right. out right. what. It's on your heart and what their response is going to be. And what Jesus is saying is that the Holy Spirit is going to work in that. Something's going to happen. He says, if that doesn't work, he says, then you need to take them to the church, right? Mm -hmm. So you need to bring your pastors in on the situation, spiritual leadership, your light group leaders, your team leaders, your pastors, um, or spiritual counsel, and or you need to seek professional help um, if, if that does not work out. So if it's, if there's a rough marriage, you need some professional marriage counseling. Um, and so, uh, simply put, it takes two parties to heal. Mm. Um, and if that party is not willing to reconcile, you need to begin to redefine the engagement. You need to begin to redefine what frequency and what meeting up and what, what that looks like. Should we go to Thanksgiving dinner? right? Because this person is going to be here. It's nothing wrong with saying we're not going right. because we haven't resolved this quite yet. Should we go to Christmas to this log cabin, that person's going to be there. As great as that's going to be, we're just going to mess it up for everybody. Right? So if you guys have not found peace, you need to begin to redefine how your engagement yeah, looks. Yeah. Any thoughts on any of that? Yeah, no, that's so
1: good. I think for many of us, we miss on that first component is actually going to the person. Mm-hmm. And w- many times we just like, we, right, we sweep it under the rug, yeah. we brush it off, but it's going to come back. Um, and there's a reason why you were offended. So I always yeah. tell people, right, you bring your message to God, bring the right message to the person. Yes. And so there's a way to be able to heal through that. And the, I just know that many of us don't do that first component. Yeah. And then if we don't do that first component, you're not doing the rest of them, right? right? Mm-hmm. So you've got to get vulnerable with the person, go up to them, be honest. Yeah. Um, and then from there, you know, take the other steps. Yep. So yep. it's good.
0: And what Jesus is saying is there, there should be healing somewhere along the way. And if there's not, you need to put them out of your life. Yeah. So the words of Christ, okay? Yeah. Uh, what we got yeah. next, let's keep moving. So
1: this is a great question. Um, this is a hot, hot topic, topic question. question. Okay? So what does the Bible say about homosexuality? If I can't love the same sex, should I try to get married to the opposite sex or stay single forever? I do not want to get married or hurt some, someone knowing that I cannot love the opposite sex. What am I supposed to do? It's really hard. Why would God give us these urges or yeah. feelings?
0: Great questions. Yeah. Um, it's it's a few questions in one. It's layered. Um, both of our hearts kind of mm-hmm. melt it a little bit because it's almost like this person is crying out for clarity.
1: Yeah.
0: Right? There's something in them that, that wants to honor God. Right, which is a good thing, yes. um, and we're going to discuss that here. So let's hit number one to be clear. They asked, what does the Bible say about homosexuality? All right, what does the Bible say? So the first time God hits it verbally is in Leviticus. Okay, um, we know we've heard about Sodom and Gomorrah, right? But the first time God addresses it with his word is in Leviticus. Mm-hmm. And he says this, Leviticus eighteen twenty-two do not practice homosexuality having sex with another man as with a woman it is a detestable sin Mm -hmm. so that's what god says about it okay then that's that's old testament let's get a second witness here because in the presence of two witnesses a thing is established so we have old testament let's go new testament okay first corinthians six All right. And and I don't want us to pick on homosexuality. Honestly, I want to give uh, gay people some credit. They they have the the bravery to live, live it out. Right. Like a lot of us struggle with a lot of things. It's just that our stuff is secret and it's Mm -hmm. behind closed doors. Right. They're they're living it out. So the reason it, it sticks out is because it's it's just out there. Right. So I want us to look at this list holistically. And honestly, we can put all of these different lifestyles in the, in the fill-in-the-blank. Okay, right, so it right. says this here. Don't you realize that those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't fool yourselves. Those who indulge in sexual sin or who worship idols or commit adultery or male prostitutes or practice homosexuality or are thieves or greedy people or drunkards or are abusive or cheat people. None of these will inherit the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. None of these people will experience God's best here in the world. And when they die, they won't go to heaven. This is Mm -hmm. God's word. All right. So let's teach a little bit. Number one, it's important for us to understand that God created sex and sexuality. It's good. Um, God created it. Sex is good. It's a gift. And he also gave us our sexuality. We're going to deal with, they asked about feelings and urges. We're going to deal with that, okay? Mm-hmm. But he gave us our sexuality, okay? And simply put, when God created Adam and Eve, their sexuality was tied to their gender. There was no confusion about that, right. okay? That was before sin, though. Right. All right? That's good. And because God created sex and sexuality, the creator has the right to define What is moral and immoral?
1: Yes, right.
0: Right? So write this down. God defines what is moral and immoral sex and sexuality. He defines what is right sex and sexuality and what is wrong sex and sexuality. Okay? Now, let's talk about sex. All right? Um, Hebrews 13.4 says this. It says that marriage should be honored by all. Someone say all. All single people, homosexual people, heterosexual people. Marriage should be honored by all. These are this is the word of God, okay? And the marriage bed kept pure. Right. For God will judge the adulterer in all the sexual, sexually immoral. So the marriage bed should be kept pure. Now Um, marriage is the first institution that God established in the earth. Yeah. And if you're taking notes, because it won't come on the screen, let's define marriage. Marriage is when a man takes a woman to be his wife in covenant under God. Marriage is when a man takes a woman to be his wife in covenant under God. Okay. The marriage bed should be kept pure. Right. So let's go ahead and write this down. Sex in the context of marriage is moral in the Mm -hmm. eyes of God. That's what God just said. Sex in the context of marriage is the right sex. We won't get into the different ones and is this type right? Is this type right? So on and so forth. Um, So we'll we'll save that for some other time. But um, he's basically saying that all things are a go in marriage. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, sex or sexuality outside of the context of marriage is immoral. You taking notes? Yeah. Sex and sexuality outside of the context of a man and a woman being married under covenant to God is immoral right. or wrong in the eyes of God. Right. Okay? Because he also says here that God will judge the adulterer in the sexually immoral. So there's judgment there. Okay? So let's define what is sexually immoral, okay? Uh, it's, it's a few categories, okay? Fornication, which is a derivative of the word pornea, which is illicit or immoral sexual activity. That's where you get the word porn. Right. Fornication is sexual intercourse. Sorry if the kids are in here, but they're here now and they might as well learn it from God. It is sexual intercourse. So, I'm not sorry, sorry, not sorry. (laughs) It is sexual intercourse between individuals who are not married to each other, Mm -hmm. whether hetero or homo. Okay? Adultery is sexual intercourse between someone who who is married Mm -hmm. with a person that they are not married to. That is wrong in the eyes of God. Correct. Homosexuality is same sex intercourse, Mm -hmm. right? Male to male. Female with female, it is wrong in the eyes of God. And lustful thoughts.
1: Yeah.
0: That's sexual immorality. Right. So you can be married and covenant under God, heterosexual marriage, but you you have lustful thoughts. Right. Yeah. And you have no desire to do anything with it. You don't want to submit it to God. You love the fact that you lust. It starts
1: that in is the heart.
0: sexually immoral. Right. Because all of this starts in the heart.
1: Yes. Right. It is
0: not an activity thing. It all starts in the heart. Mm -hmm. All right. Now we're going to turn the corner. All right. Y'all okay? Okay. All right. They asked, why would God give us these urges and feelings? Yeah. All right. So I want to clarify something. Okay. Because this is scripture. The Bible says that God does not tempt us with sin. Mm -hmm. Okay. Right. So God did not give us these urges and these feelings. David makes this clear. Through the Holy Spirit, right in Psalm fifty-one, verse five, That's good. He says this here: "For I was born a sinner." Yes, from the moment my mother conceived me. Mm. So when Pete, watch this. So when people say I was born this way, this is this has been my response for years. You could be right because we're all born broken.
1: Correct. Yes.
0: Yeah. You understand? You see that? I was conceived in sin. Right. So as soon as sperm hit egg, bam, I'm a sinner (laughs) right there. And anything at that point is possible. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Right. All right. So um, we're conceived in sin. We're born broken. God does not give us, go ahead and write this down, sinful urges. Right. But it's the result of what happened. When Adam and Eve disobeyed in the garden.
1: Right, right, right. right. From
0: that point on, we were conceived as sinners with a sin nature or what the Bible calls the flesh. Mm -hmm. So watch this. It is normal. Let me encourage you. It's normal to have sinful proclivities and inclinations. It's normal for a lot of people to have sticky fingers. Mm. Because we were born broken. It's normal for people to have an inclination to lie about everything. Because we were born imperfect. Mm -hmm. It's normal to struggle with lust. Because we were born with it. It is normal for some people to have same-sex attraction. Mm -hmm. We were born broken. And so this is what scripture teaches. Watch this. Here's the clarity. The problem is not our struggle with sin. The problem is our desire to stay in it. Mm. That's it. When God has provided a way for us to be forgiven and for us to have new life. Yes. Right? Listen at the language in Corinthians, those who practice. Right? When you're practicing for something, what are you doing? You're getting better.
1: Right. Right. God
0: is saying those who who desire to get better Mm. in this lifestyle that opposes Mm. my will for their lives. That's the problem. It's not that you're a sinner. We're all sinners. The problem is is when we want to stay in sin. Right,
1: right, right.
0: All right. And so Ephesians uh, 2, 1 through 3. This is the Holy Spirit through Paul. Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. Watch this. You used to live in sin. Someone say live. Live. Just like the rest of the world. Here it is. Obeying the devil, the commander of the powers of the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live. Someone say live. Live. Used to live that way. Following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. So this is the deal. You're either following the spirit or you're following your sinful nature. You either desire the spirit or you desire the sinful nature. Mm. And Paul uses this word live. It's a lifestyle. Yeah. Jesus has no problem with sin. Right. It's the lifestyle that he cannot save.
1: Right, right, right.
0: right. And so um, it's, it's in opposition to God's will. It's an unrepentant lifestyle. The word repent means to have a change of mind. Yes. Change right. your mind. If you change your mind, I can change your heart. Mm. But if you don't change your mind, I can't change your heart. Right, Until right. then, the Bible says that it's Satan who's working in the heart. Yeah. Okay. All right. And then this is the deal. Sin is a choice. Now I want to encourage us with a story. Okay. Let's go to John 8. That's good. John 8. Okay. Because I love this part of the question where they ask, um, should I try to get married to the opposite sex or stay single forever? Mm. I do not want to get married or hurt someone knowing that I cannot love the opposite sex. What am I supposed to do, right? So this person kind of feels stuck. We're going to see the full spectrum of God's grace in this story. And I want us to take this person's struggle Mm. and replace the word that you're going to see with that list from 1 Corinthians. Put anything in there. Take this out. Put anything in there. And watch Christ's response to um, to, to this lifestyle. Okay, do we have um, John uh, John, chapter 8? All right, great. I'm going to read it from up there because I forgot to get my NIV Bible. All right, but just stick with me. At dawn, talking about Jesus, he appeared again in the temple courts where all the people gathered around him and sat down to teach them. So he was about to teach. Right. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees, very judgmental religious people, brought a woman, called in, someone say that, Adultery. adultery now replace that with everything else in that list so good call in drunkenness call in homosexuality right right call in whatever they made her stand before the group so they that's what sin does it, it shames you it exposes you that's what the devil wants to do right when, when you're called in sin he wants to expose yes. you yes and said to jesus teacher This woman was caught in the act of adultery. I'm willing to believe it wasn't her first time committing this act. I could be wrong, but I'm willing to believe that she was practicing this lifestyle. Watch this. And the law of Moses commanded us to stone such a woman. Now, what do you say? Hmm. Now, here's Christ. They were using this to question. uh, um, They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. Now the word bent down in the Hebrew means grace. Mm.
1: That's
0: good. Wow. Yeah. So she's caught in her sin. The spirit of God bent down to where she was. In her brokenness, in her shame, in the most lowest point of her life. Right. He bends down mm-hmm. and it says this here verse 7. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, let anyone who is um, without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, that's your famous verse. We all love using that. Don't judge me. Again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. Verse 9. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time. The older ones first because they had the most sin. Until only Jesus was left With the woman still standing there. Verse 10 says this. Mm. Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? Verse 11. No, sir. Then neither do I condemn you. Mm. Grace. Someone say grace. Grace. Forgiveness. Forgiveness. Jesus declared. Now go. Go. And leave your life so good. of sin. So I don't give you grace to continue in sin. Right, right,
1: right, right.
0: I give you grace to change. Yes,
1: right.
0: The whole, the whole spectrum of God's grace, yeah. right there. Yeah. I love you. You're forgiven. I'm with you, but I got so much more for you. Right, because sin. The Bible says that the, the Bible says that the power of Satan is sin and death. Right? right? Sin separates us. The word death means separation right. from God's right, best.
1: Right, right.
0: And if we die in it, it separates us from God forever. So Jesus, in His love, says, "Let's let's turn it around." Okay. Mm. All right. So so, Christ offers three things if you're taking notes: forgiveness, freedom. So forgiveness is right standing with God, freedom from the grip of sin, and power to live the abundant life that God has in store for us. But he says, you have to change your mind about it. Jesus could come in here right now, teach from his word, but you have to make a decision to change your mind about your sin. I've seen four futures, and and so to encourage this person, what do I do, right? We've dealt with urges. We've defined homosexuality. Um, I don't know if I can ever marry someone of the opposite sex. I've seen four futures of people who struggle with homosexuality. Being in Christ for 16 years and pastoring now for almost nine years, I've seen these four outcomes. Number one, some find a church that twists God's truth and supports their lifestyle. So I don't suspect a lot of you or some of you to be here much longer. If you support this lifestyle and you seek to twist the word of God. Mm. I love you. But we've been clear. Some will find their churches. Oh, you ride by now and there's the rainbow flag. And so they know that's that's cool. Right. But that's what I've seen. Number one. Number two, I've seen this. These individuals accept Jesus. Receive the Holy Spirit.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And this is always beautiful
1: mm-hmm.
0: because this undermines Satan. What Satan always tries to trap people with, like you can never change. Right. And, and God begins to renew the heart. Yeah. The Holy Spirit begins to renew the heart yeah. because it's a heart thing. It's not a well, I'm going to try not to be a drunkard. I'm going to try not to be gay. I'm going to try not to sleep around. I'm going to try not to cheat. It's a heart healing. It's a heart thing. I've yeah. seen that. I've seen yeah. that at yeah. 16 years. Yeah number three i've seen them heal develop healthy relationships serve god and remain single for the rest of their lives right. that is a calling on people's lives where god will call you to be single in order to serve him
1: yes
0: right because they for whatever reason god is, has healed them he's changing their heart but i i get it they're still not that thing towards the opposite sex but they're not going to go back into sin So they walk with the Holy Spirit and they have accountability and they remain single for the rest of their lives because they've had a revelation of their calling, their call to God, and they're called to help people out of those lifestyles, okay? And then I've seen this, that's always a beautiful one too, but this is beautiful as well. He'll develop relationships, serve God, get married, and have children. All of it's full circle, But I've seen that, too, for 16 years. I can count on more than two hands that I've seen people get free from homosexuality, develop relationships, get married to the opposite sex, and have kids. That is a supernatural work of the Holy Spirit. Okay? And so it says this at the end of um, 1 Corinthians, verse 11. Some of you were once like that, but you were cleansed, you were made holy, you were made right with God. By calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ yes. and by the spirit of our God. Yes. He says, some of you used to live like that, but you've been cleansed and now you're walking in God's plan for your life. So I want to give you some resources to equip you. Okay. Um, great book here. Gay Girl, Good God. Yeah. By Jackie Hill Perry. Great book. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's not as much about her um, struggling with that lifestyle, but now she's a mom and She has children. I think she just had her third kid. I think. Yeah. She's a Bible teacher. Fourth fourth kid. Jesus Mm -hmm. Christ. (laughs)
1: Something. I don't know. It's many. And so
0: she used to be the butch. She used to be the man in the relationship, Mm -hmm. but now she's married, and she's teaching across the world. And God is, is using her, Powerful. but a beautiful woman,
1: yes.
0: gay girl, good God, get that book. It's going to equip us Christians to have these talks yes. because she always says that you got to know how to engage people with these struggles, right? Number two, A Change of Affection by Beckett Cook. Lived in California, lived that lifestyle, was invited to church one day, and that was it. And um, God changed him completely. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Any thoughts on any of this, babe?
1: Oh, I mean, oh, my heart, I mean, always goes out, I think, just to those people, but also just in general, Um, because, again, it's, it's having Christians understand, like, It's not just them. We all deal with things and we all have to be honest that before we came to Christ, we were an absolute mess, a wreck and a half. And so, you know, even in Christ and although like I love men, I mean, outside of Christ, you know, I had these, you know, relationships and I was very promiscuous and that lifestyle would also lead because women are beautiful to thoughts that I know were, you know, I didn't know then, but they were dark and they were demonic. And so you know, this is urges that we all have outside of Christ, especially because we're, we, because of sin. And Mm. so I just remember when we walked through John together and you broke down scripture to me. And I just remember the moment we were, I was at the park, we were sitting down and I, we went through John eight. And I just was like a wreck when the Lord told this woman, like, get up and sin no more. Yes. And what I love too is that he didn't call her by her name. He left it just general woman and it also speaks to the restoration of woman from what Eve did back in the garden. That moment, in in, like, in in Christian history, mm-hmm. Jesus literally called women back to take their rightful place of authority here upon the earth. That's so good. And so, again, we have to understand that the enemy is wow. going to use everything he can to suffocate both men and women to not reach those potentials. Mm-hmm. And so, coming to the Lord and, and giving him my life, like all these urges and all of these things, yes, they began to diminish. It took time. Yes. It took work, right? It took me waking up every day and saying, I'm going to change my mind. So Lord, that you can change my heart. And that's what repentance looks like, you know? And um, so I just, you know, just to encourage like all of us, you know, it's okay to have these conversations, to be open, to be honest. We all have these urges. And then Mm -hmm. I just want to share for those who feel called to live single and fully like, just run after the lord all the days of your life that is a calling and it's a beautiful one Mm -hmm. you know society just puts this pressure get married have kids when you're young get the house get this get that get this and again it's all of this pressure that begins to suffocate the body of christ when you don't submit your will to god right and so if you are coming to this realization like i think i'm just called to live single Paul would have like gave you, you know, a high five, like, let's do this thing, please, because these people who are married, they are pressured by all sorts of things and they're crazy. So let's go ahead and run (laughs) after everything that the Lord has for us. And so, again, it's it's going at it and really just saying, okay, I'm going to put what the world's been saying to the side what my opinion is yes. and I'm going to seek God yes. because it's not a Christian problem, mm. right? Because a lot of people who, let's say, are homosexual will say, it's, a, it's the Christians don't like me. Mm. It's not that. Mm. It's the fact that you may have a problem with God. So you've yes. got to go to him yes. and not attack other people, but go find it for yourself so in good. his word and allow him to do mm. the changing. And so mm. as Christians...
0: Yeah. Yeah. As
1: Christians, this may be uncomfortable. We may not fully like this. You know, I we've heard that. Mm-hmm. Like, but Pastor, I can't, you know, I just want to love everybody and just the word. It's hard, but it's the word. Yeah. yeah, Like there are things in the word of God that are not easy, but we've been called to live them
0: out. Amen.
1: Right? Amen. And that's Amen. what sets us apart. So what I will say, though, to the Christian, it's like, you just love them, though. That's you love just got to love people love people but you also speak truth you can't dance around the conversation you got to speak truth but then you got to end the conversation with but I'm here to love you I'm here to meet you where you are and it doesn't mean that I accept your lifestyle Mm. right or I agree your lifestyle but I'm going to meet you where you are so just making sure and you know we've had these conversations and we've helped people and Mm -hmm. you know and it can go both ways but we've seen the hand of God when someone truly submits themselves to the Lord and it doesn't allow their identity over who christ says that they are because that's the issue too so yeah yeah, it's just such a good question and i'm glad that this was brought and i pray that you receive clarity and you know all the handles that you need to be able to move forward yeah
0: that's wonderful yeah that last question all
1: right so and i will say jackie hill Perry, she's my girl she's amazing amazing. like (laughs) you've you've got yeah Mm -hmm. you've got to read the book all right so how do we distinguish god's voice from our voice
0: all right last question yeah Um. Mm-hmm. I'd encourage you that in order to distinguish God's voice from your voice, you got to develop a healthy relationship with scripture first, okay? So Psalm 119:32 says this: I will pursue your commands, your commands your word for you expand my understanding. So the psalmist is saying, I'm going to pursue your word. And and as I pursue your word, you're going to be able to tell the difference between your thoughts and God's thoughts, right? And the more you grow in the word, this is what we've been talking about for two weeks. The more you grow in the word, the more your thoughts should align with his thoughts. Correct. Right. And so this, these are some handles I'll give you, and then we're going to stand and pray. Okay. Um, When it comes to God's voice, Watch this. In black and in black and white matters, meaning things you know are wrong or right. Mm-hmm. Obedience. Right. Obedience. Right. God's voice will always lead you toward obedience. And black and white matters. In gray matters, I wish I had time to break this down more, but I don't. In gray matters where you don't know what God is doing, you don't know what God is saying. Mm-hmm. But there's a a, um, an inclination to trust him. Because you discern what's right, in gray matters, faith. Yes, faith. So should I go and say hello to this person? Should I, if if there's some conviction, if there's some hope, in gray matters, faith. That's where God's voice is. Okay, and then in all matters, Scripture, the Bible what does the Bible say about it?
1: Yeah.
0: And that's, this, this is the most frequent, frequent way to hear God's voice, the word of God. Yeah.